0: welcome everybody thank you for joining in on this week's episode of welcome home with the Catinas. uh this will be the last episode of august which is crazy to think about we're moving into fall i hope everyone's enjoying this time of the year hopefully it's getting cooler where you are um and i want to start off like i always do and thank the people who support this show and thank those of you who are part of our cousin community um this community that we're building that we're a part of it's something that's really special to me and uh i really enjoy getting to be a part of a place where i feel at home where i feel safe uh where i feel like there are people around me who really genuinely care about me and um who know me and see me and i hope that if you're listening to this show and that if you're a part of our community you feel that as well so If you want to learn more about what the Cousin Community is and what we do, the best way to do that is to visit thecatinas.com, and you'll see more information there. So um, there's our little intro, and today I'm joined by two fine-looking young men. Uh, One, Tede, you've been on the show before. Welcome back.
1: Glad to be here.
0: And um, glad to have you here, man. And I also, this is the first time in a while, I have a first-time guest on the show. Um, His name is Noah, and I want to give Noah a chance to introduce himself to our listeners. Noah, if you could just tell us a little bit about yourself, um, where you're from, all that stuff, and then if you wouldn't mind just telling us what your connection is with the Katina family.
2: Sounds good. Thank you, Josh, for for the opportunity. Uh, So my name is Noah Langa. I'm from Oceanside, California. Uh, born and raised in there. Um, pretty much have three siblings, four brothers, and we're, or three brothers, and uh, five boys, and one mom. And like, it's kind of crazy, you know, just being outside of that. Yeah. But uh, other than that, you know, I'm very involved within uh, music and stuff like that. And, you know, just trying to get different avenues and different ways of uh, looking at stuff. Um, whether that's just through leadership or through music or other avenues in life, um, my connection to the Katinas, I would say, it's pretty. It goes stems back to when my, my parent or my mom was a kid. Um, they used to go to the church in Osha Oceanside, and um, and they grew up with my my mom and her siblings okay. back back then. And pretty much from there, they went to Samoa. And then, you know, they're even still, like, whenever they come to Oceanside and my parents or my mom comes across them and her siblings come across them, they always say, like, oh, it's so good to see you. and Like, they still remember them. So that's a good thing. And, you know, um, that I would say that's my my connection, my story, and how um, I got connected with the uh, so Awesome, yeah.
0: bro. Well, I'm really glad you're here. I already learned something new about you. I didn't know you were into music. We'll have to talk about that on the show oh, today. Yeah. But um, I'll ask you this. So you're from Oceanside, California. Yeah. Why are you here in Franklin?
2: <laughs> so um, long story short, um, I ran across Uncle Joe, uh, which your dad at uh, one of the pastors funeral um pastor solomon's funeral and i just got back from um church planning in el paso texas with our uh, church plant team and he's been keeping up with our uh he was keeping up at the time with our our church plant and he just he knew that uh i was working with their uh their niece uh toliu and jerry and um from there, we just basically exchanged numbers, and then he was just saying he want how he wanted me to come out here to to Tennessee, and so called just to get involved within the the internship, the Love Square internship. And so, from there, supplied and then went through the whole process of interviewing and stuff like that. And you know, luckily, I was able to get accepted and get that call, like, "Oh, you're coming to Tennessee?"
0: So, yeah, so here I am. Awesome, man. Well. I, so, I met you maybe a month ago or so <clears throat> when you first moved here. Mm-hmm. You are, for those for the people listening or watching, Noah is this year's Love Squared intern. Uh, sometimes we have more than one. Sometimes it's only one. But it's a year-long internship that you're just now starting on. Tede actually is a graduate of the Love Squared internship.
1: Yeah, about three years ago Was now? that
0: 2020 or
1: 2021?
0: 2021, I graduated. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, nice. um and we've had, I believe, every Love Squared intern has been on the show at least once. Because we've had, well, who have all been? Eli's been, was the first intern. And, and then, it then it we had Dan, Dan, me. Then you. Uh,
1: Basic and Bradley. And then it was Basic and Oni. And now, no. Okay. Yana was, Yana was I, I lied. Intern.
0: Oni was never on the show. I'm pretty sure. Oh, he wasn't. Yeah. Oni was, shout out to Oni. He's, uh, in Ohio now, I think, yeah, or he's yeah, married as well. Yeah, Congrats congratulations, Oni. Oni. But okay, all but one now. Noah has been on the show. All but one he of the Left so. Squared interns have been here on the show. Um, and over the years, bro, uh, like I have loved getting to know the the, the Left Squared interns and um, getting to be around like young men who I know are. Hungry to learn more about themselves, hungry to learn more about what God has for them in in their lives, and who, you know, I really I, one all the interns are unique, obviously, but one thing that I think they all have in com- in common is they all took a huge step to move to they all moved from their homes to a place like this, Franklin, Tennessee, mm-hmm. and stepped out in boldness to listen to what God has for them and really submit to his will for their lives. And so I've, I've really uh, been blessed to be around young men like that young men like yourself, Noah. And uh, I'm excited for you over this next year. I, I, I see, I always see the, the interns, uh, I always see a level of growth in their lives and um, I see, you know, New gifts coming out um, over the year, and it's a long year. But I'm glad that you're here, and I, I'm excited that um, I'll be able to to see you. I come here every m- most mornings and work here, and I see you, Noah, and <laughs> Teddy as well. But um, all that to say, welcome to Tennessee, bro. I know you've been here for like a Appreciate month or it. so, but um, I, it's good to have you here, and I'm glad you're here on the show. Um, I'll go to our other guest, Teddy. Uh, when, last time you were on the show was not that long ago. It was with Dan, right?
1: Yeah, I think it was maybe three weeks. Okay. Somewhere around there. Well, I
0: uh, I know it hasn't been long, but I'd love to ask you, like, is there anything new going on in your life, or how how has the last month or so been treating you?
1: Uh, Nothing too crazy. Uh, r- Honestly, I don't think anything's really changed. We've just been really busy. Yeah. We've been on the road a lot. I think we've done, like, two 10-day trips in the past couple months, which is, like, christmas tour vibes (laughs) so uh just been really busy uh a lot of sleep that's really it
0: let me ask you this because you do travel with the katinas full time um it's you and joey are kind of the crew right yeah um sometimes other people will come out but you two are like the mainstays on the road how long have you been doing that now, traveling with them? Uh, it'll be coming, I think it's been, it was three years in July. So three years. Um, after, with three years on the road now, you, you're, I would call you a veteran of the road. Uh, do you enjoy being on the road or when you're out, are you like, man, I can't wait to get home or, uh, cause for me personally, like I used to like thrive being on the road uh, with the Katinas, maybe because I was younger and I didn't really necessarily have a job. I could see that. Um, <laughs> but now I still enjoy going on the road with them, but it's a, uh, I'll say I'm very tired when I get home. Like I'm i am ready to come yeah. home whenever I do. But what's your experience like?
1: So I think, I definitely think there's like two aspects of it. Um, it's like the work time and the rest time. And i after, I mean, the first year, I think I was like, just super drained afterwards. Uh, And then I just started picking up little tips here and there. Like whenever whenever we're not like out, if we're at the hotel, we're trying to take a nap. Mm -hmm. Or like even if it's like 2 p.m. and we have like 30 minutes, just take a nap because it'll help in the long run. Uh, But I definitely uh, like feel you with like coming back and just being super tired because every single time I come back, I instantly just hit the bed. Or, like, put on a movie or something and just do nothing for, like, a solid, like, 10 to 12 hours. (laughs) Uh, But I, I really have fun on the road, but the flights is probably, like, my least favorite part. Okay. Just the travel time when you're sitting on a plane and, like, if you can sleep, oh, thank God. If you can't sleep... Good luck,
0: because uh, you're in for a long ride. Do you have a preferred seat on the plane? Oh, I love window seats. Window seats? Okay. I just,
1: as soon as I get on the plane, I'll throw my hoodie up, lean against the wall, and knock out.
0: Yeah, so I actually, like, I think maybe I'm a little different than you. My favorite part of traveling is being on planes. Like, to me, the planes are really relaxing. Mm. I think it's that the... Uh, I, tur- I turn my phone on airplane mode so my phone's off and I don't know it's like one of the only times in my life <laughs> where I know that I'd literally have nothing to do other than just sit and be and so I actually like most plane flights I just fall asleep on and like I it's there's something relaxing about being on a plane to me I know mm-hmm. there's a lot of people who don't have that experience but I enjoy flying
1: yeah actually let me restate my statement. I think I don't think it's the planes that mess with me. I think it's the airport yeah. and like getting checked in and being stressed with how many bags we have yeah. and then wondering if I'll even make it to the gate in time or mm-hmm. if I can get food. I think that stress is just like leads up to the plane ride. Yeah. And then I get on the plane and I was like, dude, what the heck did I just go through? Right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I think traveling with the catinas is, is a little different than like your typical uh airport experience because they travel with obviously their own Luggage, but then they also have like huge bins of merch and yeah. equipment and stuff like that. So it's a little bit more of an ordeal than, than most people. And I know that you're generally one of the guys who's responsible for all of that. Yeah,
1: so. there's a I, lot of strategy. Yeah, <laughs> <A lot laughs> yeah. <of> strategy.
0: <laughs> well, um, thanks again for being on the show this time, bro. And Noah, I, I, I really want to get into... I have to ask you about music because I'm... I love music, bro. I produce music myself. I write songs. I'm a songwriter. Um, and I have my own studio at my house. But I want to ask you, like, so you say you, music is a big part of your life. What do you mean by that?
2: Um, so, yeah, music has been a part of my life ever since I was little. I think... Um, for any little kid, you know, are other, like if you grew up in the church, like you always wanted to like looking at the instruments because it was something right. you can. Uh, that's like the first thing you really see and like, oh, damn, that takes interest. Yeah. And uh, for me, it's a <laughs> funny story. Uh, like when I was a kid, when if I wanted to go and uh, my thing was the drums, I wanted to play the drums really okay. bad. And so I'll gather all the pots and pans Grab a, a two water bottles and then pretend like I'm actually playing the drums. Yeah. And then it wasn't until um, my uncle, my uncle and aunt, they bought me my first drum set when I was around like eight or nine. And uh, you know, that's from there. That's when they uh, they knew that I was taking it more serious when I got on the real drum set and you know started taking it serious. And from there, yeah, just spinning on the drums and then try to ev- elevate myself to go to. Try out different instruments okay. as well. So,
0: yeah. So, you're a drummer? Drummer at heart. <laughs> yes. No, yeah. you're a drummer, bro. Uh, did you like play in the worship band at church or... Okay. Yeah, yeah. I played for the, our worship team. Cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, what other instruments have you dabbled in?
2: Uh, So, right now, it's the main two that I've really been like... That I'm actually good at is the bass and drums. Okay. And then, like, I've been trying to get into the keys and uh, guitar. Cool. Like, I'm not there yet, but uh-huh. like... I'm slowly trying to get there.
0: So, do you have, like... That's really cool to me, bro. So, do you have, like, um... It, is it, like, just kind of a hobby for you? Or do you have dreams of maybe pursuing it more um. further in your life? or what?
2: I think it's more of a hobby right yeah. now. I think when I was younger, I knew, like, I wanted to be, like, on the road and stuff like that. But, like, now I was, like, thinking about, it, like, it's more of a hobby just to, like, help out and, um, you know, just get through some times and, you know, just... If I wanted to, just listen to some music and then just jam out or something like that.
0: um, What kind of music do you listen to? Like, who are the artists that you're listening to lately?
2: Artists that I'm listening to lately? So lately, I've been more into the, like, a singing phase. Okay. So I have, like, this little uh, playlist on my phone that, like, has all, like, more of, like, singing-based songs. Uh Uh-huh. And, like, one of the big ones... (laughs) Right now is uh, Ari Lennox. Okay. From, uh, yeah. Dreamville. So that's like one of the big ones that I've been listening to. Cool. Uh, other than that, just reggae and stuff like that. You
0: know. Do you, so are you a big Dreamville guy?
2: I would say so. Yeah. I, got, I got my Dreamville hoodie, but it's not with me right now. Okay. But, you know. um,
0: have you ever seen any of them live or? No, nah, I've never been to a concert. Okay. Never okay. been
2: to a concert. Yeah.
0: Well, so we're not that far from. Uh, Fayetteville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. which is where, for those of you who don't know, Dreamville is like a, I I think it's a label or it's like a group of artists from, uh, most of them are from North Carolina, mm-hmm. but they're they're from all over. But it's led by a guy named Jay Cole, who's um, someone I love. I love his music. Cole, uh, but they have a, uh, they have a festival every year. I think it's called the Dreamville. Fest. Fest. Dream Fest or something okay, like that. Yeah. It's in Fayetteville, North Carolina, mm-hmm. which is maybe, I, w- I don't know, like six, seven hour drive from here. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my wife actually saw her family, her mom's side of the family is from, uh, a town in North Carolina called Whiteville, uh, North Carolina, which we drive out there every Christmas and we mm-hmm. drive through Fayetteville oh, on okay. our way out there. So, but, um, I uh the reason I asked you if you've seen them in concert is because uh. I got to see J. Cole in twenty nineteen or twenty eighteen. He was on the KOD tour. Oh, um nice. and he came to Nashville. One of my friends uh from college, his name is Spencer. Shout out to Spence. He had two tickets to the show, and but he we, he didn't have a ride to Nashville, so he was like, "If you drive me, I'll give you my other ticket." And mm. so, um, I got to go see him live here in okay. Nashville. It was a, an awesome experience. That's it. Yeah, that's, just, uh, that's sick. Yeah.
2: I wish I had some friends like that.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he, uh, it, joke. it was a it was a fun night. So you've been listening to Ari Lennox. Um You, I don't know if you've met my cousin Zion yet. Have you? I don't think you have. Met, you'll know. meet you'll, him you'll, at the draft. Yeah, you'll meet him this weekend. Mm-hmm. He's coming in town for our fantasy football draft. Okay. But so Zion lives down in Kennesaw, Georgia, Atlanta area. Oh. Um, but he was the guy who introduced me to Jid, oh. um, who's another artist, part of Dreamville, mm-hmm. and he. But he would love to talk to you about like. He he's more of a Dreamfield fan, van, fan than I am, and okay. so you should chop it up with him about that. Totally um, that. Have you ever? Uh, do you have anything record like any of your music recorded or out there on Spotify or anything like no. that? No, <laughs> no, okay. nothing
2: like that. I just no. Nah. I'm gonna say no. <laughs> okay.
0: W- would you say like if you if you were making music, mm-hmm. what? uh what genre would the what the music be
2: I think my answer would be more gospel cuz that's where I okay. that's always been the roots is gospel music but I wouldn't say like music wise like components like writing and uh-huh. like singing and stuff like that it's more of like a church feel but Okay Probably more lean towards like R and B, like a mixture uh-huh. between R and B and like gospel, and like try to mesh within it. Cool. Uh, that's what I would say.
0: Like Ari Lennox kind of stuff. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay. Very cool. Um, Teddy, you're musical, aren't you?
1: Uh, like the least <laughs> amount of effort you could put yeah. into being a musician, I'm like right around there. <laughs> I feel like mo- I feel
0: like most kids who like grew up in the church, their dad or mom was in ministry, like at some point in their in their childhood they got they were put on stage to do some sort of music thing oh or.
1: so yeah i can i can play the drums pretty decently yeah okay uh and then i know like one song on both keys and bass mm-hmm. uh but i think once i hit like eight, the age of playing football i just dropped all the instruments okay. <laughs>
0: yeah um well i'm glad you brought up the Zion's coming up this weekend for the draft you have been at the draft right
1: uh yes before. the past two years
0: so this will be Noah's first time at our draft um I wish the uncles were here to talk about it but we have a uh, a fantasy football league it's been talked about on the show before we're going on our 18th year I think this year is year 18 for us I was like well if I'm 27 so I was nine years old when we started I'm 27 now um but we're having our fantasy football draft on Monday on Labor Day this mm-hmm. year, um, and so we do it a little different than we don't do it online. We do it in person, yeah. so we have a big draft board and everyone. We have a a, a screen with music and the the league's logo and the time yeah. timer and everything and. Shout out to my Uncle Xander, who's been on the show before. He's our league commissioner, and he kind of mm-hmm. um, he, he, he makes Kibish. the the league run, the draft run. But, um, Noah, you're coming to, to the draft this weekend. But I know you play fantasy football, too, right? Yeah. <laughs> Have you had your draft yet?
2: No, ours is on Labor Day weekend, oh, okay. too. So, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um, so I know this because we've had conversations before, but you're actually the reigning champ in your league. Yes. Sir. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so sure. so what's, uh, what's the dynamics of your league? Like who's in it? What's the – do you have to pay? Is it for money? What um, is that all?
2: So it's a 12-man league, and pretty much it's all of my brothers and cousins and uncles. Uh, we all just come together, and usually we pick a place where we want to meet up at. And last year it was at a park, so we were able to – uh, have just break bed with one another and just have fun and just you know draft and there is a buy-in for um for our thing um it's a 50 dollars buy-in just to get it okay and the winner so we do we do three places uh third second and first third place you get your money back which is 50 bucks second place you get 100 bucks and then the winner gets 450 Okay. And so that's how way we, we ran it. We're we're thinking about raising the the, the stakes up to okay. one hundred, but I think right now I told him, oh, I don't think I can do that right now. <laughs> <laughs> so it was like oh, yeah, as a collector, so we just say we're gonna go back to fifty nice. bucks. So yeah.
0: Um do you who was like the, your guy on your championship team last year? Who was like the star of your team? Oh of course Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts, okay. Yeah. Um Jalen Hurts. Do you have like a general strategy when it comes to drafting? Like do you have a plan for your draft this weekend or
2: um so my my philosophy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Man's turning into Plato talking about yeah. fantasy.
2: Yeah. So um I typically like to go for within especially within the first 3 rounds try to go for like high people who are who I know are going to produce or uh-huh. who have the likelihood of producing. Other than that, fourth, fourth, and uh, all the way to the end, it's usually just whoever. And typically within those like later rounds, I try to stack up on people because I know because it's in a 12 man league, it's harder to mm-hmm. um, to get more people or to get people you want. Right. And I think I always found out like whenever you stack up on people, and you know usually players get hurt and stuff like that you can use those players that you got and trade it with people within your league. So when, that's the way it went up the ways.
0: When you say stack up, what, do you mean like drafting guys from the same team or – No,
2: it's more of a position based. Okay. So okay. like one of the big needs within fantasy is always a quarterback. Sure. If you stack up on like say three quarterbacks and they're like all-star quarterbacks, uh-huh. like you're not going to play all three, so you're only going to use one. And so like – my ways to finesse all of them, you know, so <laughs> have a bang. have them come out and come try to beg. So they always try to like try to my cousin and everyone try to you know like I always see their need. Like oh, um, I saw that your quarterback just went down. I'll send you. I'll send okay, you. Okay. I'll send you one of my guys, one of my quarterbacks for like two of your guys, uh-huh. and it's, it it usually works. It usually does, doesn't, and then I think the other thing is to try to get it in the waivers as well. Yeah, yeah. So, so
0: interesting. So you you so you actually draft like multiple quarterbacks with the intention of trading them away yep. later in the season. Yep. Okay, that's that's unique. I'm yeah. like I feel like I may be the the opposite of you, especially mm-hmm. when it comes to quarterbacks. Yeah. Like I generally, not always, but I generally kind of pass on quarterback in the draft. Mm-hmm. Like. I'll I'll wait till later. I'd rather um, be strong in other positions like running back and receiver, yeah. and I'll take a quarterback late and kind of play the waivers throughout the season. Mm-hmm. Like I I usually trust myself to like know that okay if this guy that I took late doesn't work out, there's going to be somebody on the waiver yeah. wire that I can pick up who's. Mm-hmm. Uh, everyone missed in the draft and he ends up having a good year. But it's interesting that you can kind of go different directions in your, in your strategy, but, um, that's fun, bro. Do you play fantasy today?
1: No, I'm just there for the free food. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. You've never played? I guess I was technically on uncle John's team the year he was in last, (laughs) but, uh, I was really only there for the draft. And then like, after that I was gone. Just
0: ir. <laughs> Do you um? Does let me ask you this: Does your league have a punishment for last place? We thought of it, but yeah,
2: everyone's so far gone. Like, like yeah, I guess your of, punishment yeah. is you
0: didn't. You lost fifty bucks. Yeah, you lost yeah. fifty bucks. But so, we should, yeah. yeah, that's something to be considered. So it's <laughs> funny you brought that up today because uh, last, yeah, I think last season was the first time we decided to have a punishment for last place in our in our league and uncle john was last and so his his uh his punishment was that he had to buy us all lunch and we had like a uh a trophy ceremony after the season was <laughs> over so we all got together to uh present the trophy to my dad who was the champion um and uncle john had to provide the food and and beverage for for that but i would encourage anyone who's out there who's in a fantasy league maybe it's a friends and family league a punishment for last place is a good idea because yeah. it's it's fun cuz it keeps everybody engaged the whole season mm-hmm. even the teams who are bad like uh, i remember i think it was like uncle john and boston were like kind of the bottom feeders oh, of the yeah. league last year i remember year. they were <laughs> scraping they yeah. were scraping out there <laughs> and so every week throughout the whole season they were still playing trying hard to not be last and so um that was fun but
1: i do have a question since this league's been going for almost 20 years Mm -hmm. was it this like serious and like tense at like draft drafts when you were
0: younger that's a good question so the first draft like there's it's a 12-man league I'm pretty sure th- that only one person in the league at that point had ever even played fantasy football before. Oh. And so we all kind of showed up. I don't even really, re- I was so young. I don't know how it happened. I don't even know how I got in the league at that <laughs> point. Like, I think they, they just needed just, a 12th yeah, man and, they and they're, they're like, like hey, told. Josh. <laughs> yeah. But um, so at that draft, literally nobody knew what we were doing. Like, it would be funny. I wish we had, like, a camera on to to watch that very first draft because nobody knew what we were doing. We didn't have any strategy. We were all just kind of naming players that we knew and that were still undrafted. But <laughs> so it, that's how it started. So it was not intense like that.
1: That's interesting because, yeah. like, now when we go to a draft, everybody's got a computer, everybody's yeah. got a sheet of paper with like a list of players. Yeah. It's like there's food in the back, but no one's eating because they're all so right, focused right. on who's
0: next. It's funny. So I'm, I think what I'm going to do is um, for those of you listening or watching and there is a Facebook group called the Katinas and Cousins. Uh, I think it's called the Katinas and Cousins on Facebook. And I know a lot of people who listen to this show are already members of that group. If you're not, I'd really encourage you to join it. Maybe this Monday when we're at the draft, I'll go live on that page um, so people can see what the draft is like. I don't know. I'm going to be focused on my draft, so I don't know if I'm going to have time, but I'll I'll try and uh, share a little bit of how the draft goes. Cause I think people would be interested in seeing, um, the uncles in, in a different light they're re- very focused and oh, intense yeah.
1: and they don't say a single <laughs> word <laughs> yeah
0: it's it's opposite because like if you ever it's the opposite of normal because if you're ever in a room with the five uncles like it's typically very loud and like there's a lot of talking a lot of laughter yep. uh the draft is not necessarily like that. <laughs> it's <nothing. laughs> yeah, it's it's a little more serious. So you I think people would get a kick out of seeing the uncles in that kind of mode. Um today I think last time um you were on the show, I brought up that you were in a season where you're considering kind of a shift in in your life. Yes. Um is, has there been any more development on, on that?
1: So as of now, uh, the plan, for me at least, uh, I still need to like kind of work it out and confirm it with the uncles. Um, hopefully, I'm definitely going to be going back in like this, the end of December, January, early January. Um, the go, hope, going back? To American Somerville. Yep. Sorry. No, uh, you're good. And so I'll ho- the hope is that I'll be able to go for three months and then come back up. And those three months will be able to determine, like, all right, is this is this the time that God's calling me down here? Or maybe it's not the time yet. Um, and if it is the time, then uh, hopefully I'll be able to come back up, work another three, four months, and then go move back for good. Uh, and then if it's not the time, then come back up and just keep working indefinitely cool. until I feel the spirit.
0: So yes. let me ask you, what is—so your family's in American Samoa, I know that. What uh, besides your family? What else is is out there that you feel like is calling you?
1: Honestly, uh, the next generation. Mm. Um, there's just a lot of, just like anywhere else. There's just a lot of stuff going on in American Samoa, and I definitely feel like uh, the next generation just needs. They just need some something consistent and some some something that loves them, uh, and it's. It's kind of weird to say because, like, as someone's religion is just always, like, mixed into our culture. Sure. And everybody down there is, like, Christians, mm-hmm. but everybody's sad. Mm. Everybody feels alone. Yeah. And it's just, like, I don't know if I'll be able to provide something that can help them with that, but I want to try at least. Yeah. Uh, and just help out the next generation. Mm-hmm. That's, yeah.
0: I, I think... So, I know what you mean when you say religion is like a huge part of Samoan culture. And anytime I go to, anytime I've been to Samoa, which has been a handful of times now, like it's very apparent to me, like the importance of faith and religion in every aspect of just life down there. Yeah but i also I totally agree with you that it's never been more apparent to me in my life than the times when I'm in Samoa that religion is not the answer for for fulfillment it's yeah. It's Christ that's what mm-hmm. where our fulfillment comes from, where our purpose comes from, and religion in itself I think there's good there's great things about it. But I also think there's some unhealthy things. It can become unhealthy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it can leave... It. I'm even uncomfortable saying that out loud because yeah. I grew up in Samoan culture, yeah. so I know what that means. But there is an element of religion that like forgets Christ, which I think is a very dangerous place to be. And I can totally see how that can be rampant in a place like Samoa, mm-hmm. where... You grow up and religion is like water to the fish. Like you don't even realize it's everywhere. It's every. Yeah. It's seeped into the fabric of society and culture down there. And so, um, I think whether or not um, you you go back to Samoa and you stay or not, I do think you, you're you're hearing some you're hearing truth in the fact that there is a need down there for yeah. um, something more than religion yeah and for sure do you um w- when you go back where will you do you think you'll you'd live with your parents or uh, this is one thing i'm curious about like For people in Samoa, if you want to get your own place, what do you do? Because I feel like there's not a lot of space (laughs) down there. And like everyone just kind of lives with their families. Is that just kind of what the plan is for you? So
1: for me, at least, uh, for the three months, I'll probably stay with my parents. But if I end up moving down there long term, I'm definitely going to get my own place. Okay. Uh, And as far as like getting your own place down there, it's usually renting. Okay. uh, Because nobody wants to sell their land. Sure. And it's usually like oh, this is their family's main house and they built a second house here. Uh-huh. Oh, they don't use it? Rent it out to somebody. Okay. Yeah. Um, And then there's also some, like, government buildings called 1602s. Uh, it's, like, low-income housing and stuff. Uh, so, like, housing is available, but land's not available. Right. Mm. So you're not going to be able to, like, go and build your own house. Okay. Uh, unless your family already owns land. Right. Uh, but you, there's always, like, places you can rent.
0: Yeah. I guess on a... An island as small as Samoa, people are greedy for land. Yeah, because <laughs> like, there's not a lot to go. Al- not a lot to go around. I mean,
1: so you've been down there pretty recently, and have you? Did you notice how skinny the roads are? Oh yeah, <laughs> it's because people don't want to give up that like little land yeah, yeah. to widen the roads or put <laughs> sidewalks. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's crazy.
0: It's funny. So, the where my grandpa's house is, I'm pretty sure the this could be false, but my my dad and his uncle's always told me they literally built that road into like off of the main road into their village the turn yeah yeah into their house and it's a not a good road bro <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's, a, it's it's about as wide
0: as this table and just Like, just rocks. Like, I'll say this the suspension on all of my grandpa's cars is just shot. Oh, yeah. And I think it's from that road, like, just bouncing up. from all the roads. (laughs) Uh, Noah, do you have family in Samba? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Have you been out there before?
2: Uh huh. Uh, I went out in 2010, 2011. Okay. So. So when they were still in their recovery phase of the tsunami. So okay, where
0: where uh where's your family at? In- uh,
2: so my dad's family's from Congo Okay, and my mom's family's from Alnuhu.
0: Okay, cool. So yeah, um, do you have any desire to to go back out there?
2: Um, there is. We're actually our family's actually planning to go out there in the summer. Okay. because um, one of our um my cousins is graduating from high school, and they're uh the family's just thinking like. It'll be a good time to, uh, for like a little family reunion with everyone because we haven't seen anyone in like so long. Mm-hmm. Everyone's all over the place, so I think that's what we're trying to shoot for in the summer, trying cool. to go out there have a family trip.
0: Do you? Uh, do you speak Samoan? Uh, no, no, no way. No, Teddy does. <laughs> uh,
1: and I, I say this as as soon as I say I can speak Samoan, <laughs> I speak Samoan like how Samoans speak English.
0: Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I'm curious. Over the last three years, you haven't been speaking it very much. Do you think you've lost some of it? Oh,
1: I, dude. I was talking to my dad the other day, or I was just talking to my parents in general, and like they started saying just like regular Samoan phrases that I Uh used to be able to understand, Mm -hmm. and I'd be like, "Huh?" Oh
0: wow! I'd have to like
1: hear it again, and then like translate it in my head, and then like remember
0: what they said. Okay. And like, it's rough. I'm sure you pick it up quick if you when you move back out there. I hope so. Pick it back up, yeah. I hope so so badly. (laughs) I've uh, and Noah, maybe you can relate to this. Like, I've grown up with somewhat of a. It's not been bad, but I do have a bit of a shame that I don't speak the language, Mm. Um, especially when I go back to Samoa or when I'm with, like my dad's side of the family and uh. I, I had an experience in uh in Hawaii one time where I had an auntie who came up to me and she started speaking on to me and I had to say, Oh Auntie, I, I don't I don't understand. She, oh, you don't? And then she I, I could tell she she was like shaming me for not speaking <laughs> the language. And I was just like, It's really not my fault though. <laughs> I just the, the the my dad never taught it to me, so I didn't learn it. That's how it went, but have you guys ever do you guys ever feel that
1: at all oh 100 yeah yeah especially when i moved down there it was really rough mm-hmm. just because everybody looks at me and assumes i can speak it yeah and then mm-hmm. i'm like i'm sorry yeah <laughs> but it's funny that you mentioned that your dad never taught you because my dad never taught me okay. when i lived in maryland oh. and we always asked him we're like hey can you teach us some one can you teach us Psalm one and he was always like, yeah. And then he teaches like two words, mm-hmm. and then nothing else. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then I moved to Samoa and I just picked it up from like living. Uh uh-huh. And then now that I'm out here, and like there's people I could speak Samoan to, mm-hmm. I just don't speak it ever. Right. Mm-hmm. And like I don't know why. <laughs> do you,
0: uh Noah? Do you feel? Do you relate to that though? Like do you, or are you like I don't care that I don't speak Samoan.
2: <laughs> uh, I think there is parts of me, you know, that like. I wish like my parents actually took that time to uh, speak some because your parents speak it, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, my parents do yeah. speak it. So, um, but I think right now, like I'm in a phase where, like, even though I don't understand, like, at least I'm trying to make an effort to learn it, and like I do that whether that's just reading. I even got this little uh, workbook or not workbook, like a one of the books that you can read and like try to follow along and oh, like wow. yeah, and just try to learn some more in my own way instead of like. Even though my dad, like I'm away from my pops, like uh-huh. like he's always the always one that speaks like good because he's from there. But mm-hmm. like I think just that effort, um, I think that can go like farther than like at least you're trying to put the effort in. Oh, I don't know how to speak to someone. I'll so, have to yeah.
0: uh, you'll have to show me that book because mm. I might uh, I would I still have a desire to learn it. I'm yeah. 27 and I'll probably never actually really in my daily life need to use it, mm-hmm. but for the few mo- instances in my yeah. life where it could be useful, I would love to one day just feel confident. Um, because I've grown up... I grew up listening to my dad and my uncle speak it to each other. Yeah. And, you know, th- they taught me, like, f- f- short phrases and words, probably the same kind of stuff you guys know. Mm-hmm. But I'm not a speaker by any means. Yeah. But there are some times where I'm able to... uh understand very, like, the gist of of things that are being said. Mm -hmm. And I always wish, man, I wish I could be a part of this conversation, (laughs) but it's funny. So the story that was told to me was that, because my dad and his brothers were actually, they were born here in the States, and they moved to Samoan when they were younger. So Samoan was a second language for them. Mm -hmm. Um, But they were, what the story that I've been told was that when they were at home, uh, as kids, their parents didn't let them speak Samoan. They made them speak English because they didn't want them to lose their English, uh, and lose their good English accent, American accent. And so I sometimes wonder if like subconsciously that stuck in my dad's head when we were growing up, like I guess he didn't really have anyone to speak Samoan to, but it was I wonder if there was a part of him that's like I my parents wanted me to be good and a good English speaker, so I want my kids to I don't want to pollute their vocabulary with Samoan and, and just let them be English speakers. But yeah. that's interesting, bro. Um yeah, maybe one day we'll have a podcast in Samoan. I wonder how many I wonder if there's any podcasts out there that are strictly in Samoan. Do you know?
1: I don't think there are, but we were talking about a podcast from, there's these two Samoan, I think they're Samoan girls, uh, they just started a podcast, I can't, I'm trying to remember the name, um, but we were talking about it over the weekend, and I guess the uncles gave it a listen or something, huh. so I, I need to check that out still, I don't know too much about it, but.
0: Have you guys ever seen, I've, I don't know the guy's name, but he's half black, half Samoan, He's on, like, TikTok and Instagram. Do you, do you know who I'm talking about? Yeah, I don't know his name, but I've, I've seen his stuff on, like, And Instagram. he teaches people yeah. how to speak Samoan. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I think he actually has a class. I wish I knew his name so I could plug him yeah. on the show, but he has, like, a course that starts maybe twice a year where he teaches he teaches Samoan yeah. uh, online. I've thought about... Uh, joining that class uh, that would be oh, fun yeah maybe we can do it together Noah. <laughs> <laughs> one,
1: one day we're all just sitting here and you two
0: just pop out
1: speaking some <laughs> yeah. fluently
0: yeah that would be <laughs> i would love to surprise my dad one day because yeah. uh, that though my dad and his brother still speak some to each other not all the time but on occasion and they'll have conversations and someone and i would love one day to just butt in with my own... <laughs> just one sen- one clear sentence would be awesome. I've been waiting for this yeah. moment.
2: <laughs> I'm just going to shed a tear. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, guys, uh, thank you for, for joining me on the show. Noah, thank you for being here, bro. Um, I guess over this next year, I'm sure you'll probably be on the show again. And um, I enjoy... I've enjoyed getting to know you so far. And um, I'm looking forward to just seeing how this next year impacts your life and I know there's going to be a lot of growth mm-hmm. and um I know Teddy can speak to that through his experience in the internship and just being here in for, in this house for 3 years now and um But I want to welcome you and let you know that uh, you're family, bro, and we're glad to have you here. So, Thank you. Appreciate it. Welcome to the (laughs) family. I love (laughs) (laughs) it. We'll finish there. So those of you listening, thank you for tuning in. We'll be back with more episodes soon. Have a great day.